Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. We are continuing the series. Alex uh, has been walking through the Sermon on the Mount with you, and I'm going to take, take a spot this morning. I'm Randy Lanthrop. I'm the, the senior pastor at Church in the Valley. And as I said, we're walking through the Sermon on the Mount that most people who have read it consider the uh, best sermon ever given. Uh, Jesus delivered this, this sermon. And in the sermon, what he was doing is he had pulled his core disciples aside, gone up on a mountain, and he was explaining to them what life is like in his kingdom and how following him opens up, opens up the best life we, you could possibly have. We looked First week, we looked at how God begins to change us from the inside out. Jesus starts by listing character traits of people who follow him, and you find out it's completely upside down from normal way of living and our normal understanding of, of the things that are important. And uh, he shows how, throughout the sermon, he shows how uh, deciding to follow Christ changes you from the inside that shows up in the outside in the way that you relate to others. In, in the way that you change, and a key uh, word that describes how we really is we're peacemakers. We, we work hard toward peace that can be had in the relationship with those around. Last week, we looked at how Christ followers are Jesus' plan for spreading the kingdom throughout the world. We're in. If you follow Christ, if you decided to make Him your Lord, you're His plan. And he scatters us like salt all over the area here, all over the world. And he wants us to be salt and light that clarifies his message. And hopefully, by the way we live, motivates people to follow him. The more we become like him, the more people are going to be motivated to follow him. It's going to make sense to them to do that. Today, we're talking about the kind of relationship that the king wants to have with us. Whenever you talk about a kingdom, you immediately begin to think about the king, the people Jesus was talking to, were in a, in a society. Uh, they were actually had been overrun by Rome. They, they were in uh, under a, an emperor and under sub-lords and rulers who were ruthless, really. They were ruthless. And um, the, the system that was set up was sort of a political religious system, and so... Uh, there was a lot of confusion about why you do religious stuff <laughs> in that day. People weren't quite sure. But as these people were listening to Jesus talk about the kingdom, I, I, I'm sure their minds were going to, hmm, I wonder what it's like to relate to this king. Because a brutal tyrant of a king makes for a brutal existence under his rule. But a wise and benevolent leader... Uh, makes life go go better. It goes good under that kind of king. Um, kings and emperors. We we don't. We're a democracy here in America, so we haven't thought a lot about kings and emperors. Um, but they have absolute power in a true monarchy. They have absolute power. So their word goes. Whatever they say, and we must consider how to approach. How to approach them. We've got to think this through. One time in the 20s, Babe Ruth was going to go have an audience with the King of England. I think it was actually related 
to the royalty in, in England somehow. But he was given an, he, he had a lot of coaching. He was, he was given a great deal of coaching on etiquette and protocol. And when he walked in to see the king, that all went away and he said, hi king. <laughs> you know, he, he just, he, he defaulted to what he usually does. You know, that was the deal. Well, God also has absolute power. And we need to consider this as we relate to him. And so Jesus wants, wants us to know in this message how to do that. What's the right way to approach God? Jesus takes quite a bit of time in the sermon to make sure his followers know how to pray. Now, prayer for me has been quite a journey. Um, when I started out, I grew up in church, so I knew I was supposed to pray, but I didn't do it much, honestly, growing up and uh, for a great deal of my life, uh, the beginning parts. I, d- I didn't pray very much, um, mainly because I knew I should be praying and I wasn't praying very much. I felt like when I did pray, when I came to God, that I, was, I had dug a crater for myself. I was so far behind in praying and talking to God that I had this crater that I had dug and that I needed to climb out of somehow. And so a, a lot of what was behind my prayer was this, it was motivated by this sense of guilt. Well, I know I should do this. It's kind of dry. It's kind of stale. And I can't, I can't figure out if it makes any difference. But, you know, the, the Bible says pray. These guys are telling me I should pray. So I'm, I'm going to start praying. Well, it shifted. Once I began to really walk with God and get to know God and really desire to know Him, I, I found out that there is no crater. If, I, if, if you've decided to follow Jesus Christ, He has brought you up to level ground so that you can relate to God freely in the midst of His grace, His unmerited favor that He's poured out on you. And once I began to really... Let that sink in that God loves me and wants me to relate to him. It changed my motivation for prayer. Now it's motivated by grace and guilt. When it comes, there's sometimes I have to struggle with these vague feelings of guilt. Those aren't from God. Vague feelings of guilt are not from him. But when God wants to put his finger on something in your life that he wants to change, you know what it is. He lets you know clearly. But this vague sense of guilt, that's not God. So I've learned to reject that and walk in grace as I relate to Him. But prayer is still a mystery. It's, it's, it, there's a mystery to it. As you, how does it work? How, when I pray, I'm asking for stuff that seems like it should be yes. That God answers to my prayer. As I as I pray over you, how, how do I? There's a popular song, and I'm going to date myself. It's called uh, it, a while back. Have you? Has anybody ever heard of Doris Day? Doris Day. A few people have. All right. Kesara sara. You ever hear the song? I won't make you raise your hand. Kesara sara. It's a little girl who asks her mother what her what she's going to be when she grows up, and the answer is. Kesara, sara, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. What will be, will be. Kesara, sara. Sometimes when you come to prayer, 
it's such a mystery that you, it's easy to give up on prayer. It's easy to just, case or all, I can't figure out how God interacts with me. I can't understand how I don't, I don't really get this. What, what purpose is there in prayer? Why, why do I need to talk to God? He, he already knows everything that's going on. And then how should I pray? What, what language should I use? Is there something, is, is there some phrase or is there something I could say that sort of lines up with what God wants and then boom, He answers? How, how does this work? How does, how does my effort and my level of faith factor into the answers God gives? How, how does that work? How, how does this all come out? The, the answers come to these questions as you pray. That's the interesting thing. As you pray consistently and as you stay connected to God's Word, as you get into God's Word, He, he helps you put these things together. But I've been praying consistently and I would say seriously for 37 years more or plus, 40 years plus, and I've got, I'm just scratching the surface of understanding how God works in all these ways. I, it's, this is the beauty of it. You're, you're really, you're relating to the king. You're relating to God who has absolute power, but who doesn't always do what we ask and who sometimes does in miraculous ways do what we're asking him to do. So how, how do I figure this out? How do I understand how God works? Well, Jesus Knowing the doubts and the concerns of the people that he was talking and and knowing our the ones that we would have as well, he began communicating not just about this distant king and a distant kingdom, but a king who wants to relate like a father to us and a kingdom where the citizens are family. That changes everything. And he wanted to make sure, Jesus did, he wanted to make sure that people learn how to relate to God as a father and a king. So first thing he taught is that citizens in the kingdom of God, in God's kingdom, have direct access to the king. A direct connection to the king. In any kingdom, you only get access if you're a truly important person. You only get direct access if you're very Highly regarded and valuable. In God's kingdom, those who follow the king, those who have decided to make Jesus Lord, and those who serve him have direct access to him. So, like Babe Ruth was coached up before he went before the king of England, Jesus coaches us up as well. He, he's, he's showing us how to talk to God. And he says this, when we pray, Jesus taught us to get rid of all pride and pretense. Just just set it aside. It, you, you're not going to impress God. That's what he's saying. Look at what he says. He says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. The answer to your prayers depends on the will of your Father, the one you're talking to, not the force, the quantity, or the style of your words. It depends on what God wants. God does whatever pleases Him. He, he is the king of the universe with absolute power. And so, that's one of the things Jesus is saying is, don't, don't heap up words thinking you'll twist God's arm. You'll get what you want. Prayer is not for show. It's another thing he says. Uh, our audience is God. We don't have anything to prove. He can see right through us. And he already knows what we need. That used to confuse me. Well, God, why do I bring it up if you already know? Why do I do this? It's because in the praying, you begin to understand who God is. In making requests, in watching Him respond, you learn about Him. He also says prayer is personal. We, we don't have a special language that we need to go to. Now, I grew up in a church... And we used, uh, for the first part of my growing up years, we used the King James Bible. It was written in Old English, very difficult to understand. And people would pray in that language. And I, I would think, oh boy, here, here I go. You know, so it's like, Randy, would you pray out loud in Sunday school? I'm, well, where does the the and the thou and the dust and where does all that go? Um, I, I didn't, it, was, it, was, it was difficult. Well, as I got to know God, I realized, and I was relieved to realize, that, that God understood my version of English. <laughs> I, didn't have to, I didn't have to go back to the 1600s to, to talk to God. That's a relief. He, he, just, he wants us to just pour out our heart to Him and talk to Him in our language. It's, it's a personal. Prayer is personal. It's not a show. It's personal. We don't have to wonder if God hears us. He, he's listening as a father hears the concerns of his kids. He's listening. He cares. He, he's, he's wondering. Just, just like we're a part of the royal family. Because we are. That's the picture you see in, in Scripture. The second thing Jesus taught is... Uh, he taught us to follow an, uh, uh, this pattern for an effective prayer life. And he gives it in Matthew 6, it's the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if, if you've been in church for a while, uh, you probably know this. He says, pray then like this. This is how you should pray. This is the way we should do it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespassers, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Can, can you imagine the, the disciples when they first heard this? Oh, that's how you pray? That's it? That, that's how you do it? That, that seems so, so clear and simple. The instruction. Um, th this is great that Jesus showed us how 
to, to pray. Now, about 25 years ago, I went to a conference in Portland, and I learned uh, the pastor at the church that was doing the conference laid out this guide. And I, I think it's very helpful, and it's patterned off of the Lord's Prayer. And, and I've been using it ever since. You don't have to follow it exactly. It's not like you have to follow this, this guide exactly. But this is what I try to do as I pray in the morning and as I pray on a regular basis. I try to mix these elements. You see them in the prayer Jesus, Jesus just gave. Um, he tells us to start with praise. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name, O God. I praise you. The psalm says we enter the courts of uh, God. We enter his presence with thanksgiving and praise. And that's where Jesus starts as well. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. You recognize who he is. Second, he tells us to focus on cooperating with God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I surrender to God's will. Now, I have things I want, but if I've truly decided to follow God, I give myself to his will. God, I, I want to do what you want. And I have things on my mind and on my heart. I want your will to be accomplished in these because I know your will is good. It's acceptable. It's perfect. It's, it's the best. So this, this for me is sort of like a wrestling match often in my heart where I'm struggling. But God, this is what I want. This is, it would be so good to get what I want. But, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this. What you're saying is your agenda for my life, God, is what I want. Your agenda for my family, I'm going to adopt that. Your agenda for my business, my money, my career will be my agenda. Your agenda for my future will be mine. You see, it's not que sera, sera with us. Because it's in the hands of the living God, our Father, who's guiding our lives. And sometimes we don't understand what He's doing or why and why He said no or why He said wait on a prayer. But he is accomplishing his will through our lives if we surrender to him. God's kingdom does not fit into our agenda. So we set, to, set ourselves to accomplish his agenda for our lives. Next, we make our petition. This is where we tend to start. That's okay. It's not like God's not going to hear us. But... He says, in the middle of the prayer, you sandwich your, your requests. For, or give us this day our daily bread, the things you need. We all have things we're concerned about. and God, So we can tell Him. We can ask Him for what we need. Jesus says, this is good. And then He says, seek forgiveness. Seek to give forgiveness. Seek to, to get forgiveness. Forgive us as we have also been forgiven. Peacemaking is always at, at the core of what's happening in Jesus' kingdom. Forgiveness creates a wall between ourselves and God. Because you know what? God made everyone on the face of the earth. He loves everybody. He doesn't play favorites. And so, if you refuse to forgive, then you, you wall off yourself from God. Finally, we ask God for protection, deliver us from evil. We have an enemy, Satan, and we need, we need protection from him. We can never drift away from asking God for help in the battle 
against evil. You and I, we're always one decision away from disaster, spiritually or uh, in, in many ways. We're one decision away from a terrible outcome. So Jesus includes this. We need to pray. We need to pray for victory over the enemy as a pattern. Jesus goes on and gives us more insight in Matthew 7. So he, he, he walks through Matthew 6, uh, part of the sermon, and then in Matthew 7, we're going to fast forward ahead a little bit. And he, he shows how constant prayer, regular prayer, actually builds our relationship with God and our understanding of Him. This, this is why we engage in prayer. In fact, the king's response to our requests are instructive. Matthew 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Life isn't doomed to Kesarah. God listens and he responds to our prayers as he does things he wouldn't do if we didn't ask him. That's why prayer is important. There's, there's, there's a mystery to it. How it works, what God says yes to and what He does it. But I can tell you, He works in ways He would not work if you don't ask Him to do it. He works in line with His will and His purpose. And so this is why we keep praying. The way the passage is written, it says, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. We need to be persistent. And we, we can be bold. We can talk to God. We're not interrupting Him. He, he has the capacity to listen to everybody on the face of the earth all at the same time. That's mind-boggling. But he, He's not limited to, to like we are to space and time in, this, in a location. He's, he's free to listen to everyone. And we're not interrupting Him. In, in my own life, you know, you get phone calls and you're deciding when you get, when you get a call, ah, am I going to ignore, am I going to answer, what am I going to do with this? There are certain people that always get through to me. My kids are on that list. They always get through. Same with God. We're His children. He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to ask Him. We're not an interruption. We're not an inconvenience. He wants us to go and ask Him and then learn as He responds to what we're asking. You know, someone may come up and, and interrupt you at work. It's an irritation, but not with God. Jesus describes a situation which his listeners would be familiar. A child coming to his dad for a request. And that, that's what prayer is. That, that's how it is with prayer. He says, if a child asks for something uh, wholesome to eat, is, is the dad going to give him something harmful? No, of course not. This actually intensifies if you're a grandparent. It's like multiplied by some factor. I don't know what it is. But if the grandkid asks for something, you're just going to do whatever you can to, to make it happen. 
And that's, that's actually God's way more loving and kind than even a grandparent. That's for sure. What dad, when his young child asked for food, would give him a rattlesnake? Here's his point. Parents aren't perfect. Yes. Uh, they're even selfish by nature, like everybody else. But they still love their children and want to give them good gifts. They want to bless them. Something else is true. If a child asks for a rattlesnake, will the dad give it to him? You know, they might think, hey, that rattler, that's kind of cool. I'd love to have a pet rattlesnake. I'd take it out of the, the cage and, you know, hold it. And... No! That's not going to happen. When God says no to our requests and prayer, we have to trust that it's a good thing for us. We have to trust that He knows and sees things that we cannot see. Maybe it will be a yes in the future. Maybe it's just wait for now. Or maybe never. But we make requests without demands, trusting that God is good and wants our best. Right now we have a, a young lady, Melissa Camargo. She's eight, uh, 16 years old. And she is fighting for her life in the hospital in downtown Los Angeles. She has serious cancer, sarcoma, cancer right next to her lung. And uh, as she's gone through the chemo uh, about a week and a half ago now, she's, she's, uh, she collapsed. And they don't think it was from the, uh, the uh, chemo, but she has some kind of infection she's fighting. They think they found out what it is now. Um, her brain seems to be okay, but she's been in a, in a coma-like state for about 10 days. And many of us are praying. We're praying, we're praying, we're asking God. Every time I think of Melissa, almost the first thing I think of when I wake up in the morning is Melissa. And I'm asking God to save her life. But even then, I don't demand. Because I don't know. I sat with, uh, Cindy and I sat with Mary Monday morning, and the doctors were encouraging her to think through what she's going to do if it comes to the point where Melissa uh, just passes on, like her heart gives out, should she resuscitate her or not. And so we were talking with Mary about that. She's, she's facing that right now. We, we don't know. One perspective that we have to hold on to is, and this is what Mary and I and Cindy were talking about. You know, Mary, 16 years, 95 years, compared to eternity, it's a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. So we don't know what God wants. We don't know what God's going to do. There's some hopeful signs in the last couple of days with Melissa, but we don't know. And we do not demand because he's the only one that sees the future. He's the only one that sees what can happen. We pray. We ask God to spare her. But we wait and see. And we trust that he knows best and he knows what is good. This is what prayer is. It's pleading and asking. And for what I've seen in my life as we ask God and He says no, it goes so much better with those 
who trust Him and don't turn in bitterness toward Him. God's ability to work and act in response to our prayers, it's not limited. He can do exactly what pleases Him. So, in response, we grow in our understanding of what God wants and how God works as we talk to Him about things, as we make our requests to God, as we praise Him and set our hearts to cooperate with Him, as we lay our requests and our concerns before Him. We learn. It's a relationship. We just uh, had a meeting last week where we laid out the church budget. And we are taking our best understanding uh, prayerfully. We've laid out what we think God wants us to do with our resources. And it's stretch. We're going to find out if what God says about that. Do I demand that God bring in the money? I can't do that. Do I demand that He does this, that He comes through? No. We're finding out what God thinks about our budget. <laughs> we're, we're finding out whether or not He's on our page or we're on His page. That's the goal. We're on His page. If, if not, we're going to adjust. This is how prayer is. This is what prayer is all about. We lay it before God and whatever He says, we adjust to Him. We want to get on His page. The picture that Jesus paints for us is that we have the chance of a lifetime to approach God in prayer. He's a good, loving Father who can be trusted not to deceive us, not to ignore us, but instead provide for and respond to what we're walking through right now. So, here's, here's characteristic for Christ followers. Christ followers make His goals and concerns their num- number one priority. This way He teaches us to pray and get our hearts set on His kingdom and His will to be established. Before I knew Christ personally, and as I was trying to figure it out, a lot of my prayer revolved, revolved around what I wanted. You know, God, would you give me that job? I, I need, I, I want that job right there, that one. I, I, I want it. God, would you... Um, this is back when I was single. God, would you give me the date with that gal right there? <laughs> I want that date. Uh, would you help me hit it out of the park? Lord, would you please help me get the right answer on this test? Didn't quite study as much as I should have. Okay, but I did, I did read through it. Would you bring to mind... And sometimes he graciously do that. You know, other times you're on your own, Randy, you messed up. <laughs> But anyway, they were selfish prayers. Revolved around what I wanted. After I've begun walking with God more seriously, and I've asked Him to be my Lord and boss of my life, over time, my concerns have shifted more and more toward His concerns, His priorities. God, I can see what I think would be best here, but I'm going to trust You with this. It's okay to have our concerns. It's it's okay to take our needs and our wants even to to Christ. But Christ followers make requests knowing that His will and purpose is what prevails. So we trust Him. If the answer is no, 
He's saying it's not good right now from his perspective, and maybe never. Or it's just not right. It doesn't fulfill his purpose. It's not going to accomplish what I need to accomplish right here and now. It might be that a request actually runs in competition or in opposition to God's will. We don't know that. We don't know how all this intersects. But he does. He's in charge. He, 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 he knows these things. It's okay to God, for God to ask God what you, for what you want. It's okay to make your request to him, but he's not our personal genie. It's not like rubbing the lamp and uh, the genie comes out and gives us our request. If you don't develop this kind of faith, where you trust God, whatever the answer, you are going to falter in your walk with him and peel off. And life's not good for those who do. Your life can change as you build a pattern of prayer. Uh, you, you can make a difference. Think about it. If you walk through your life and you just turned your, your anxiety, your concerns, the things that are, if you kept giving them to God and you trusted Him with the answers for those things, how different would your life be? How different would the lives of those be around you if you, as you got concerned about them, you, you give it to God. You just turn it over to God. I used to think that prayer happened in a certain time, in a certain place, and I had to be sitting down and concentrating. But I've learned that prayer is a conversation. As needs and concerns and anxiety shows up in my heart and mind, I can turn that over to God. And what a difference. There's actually this protection that comes as I learn to trust Him. Your life can be different. Learn how to approach Him. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Keep, keep pursuing God. Whether or not you understand what He's doing. Whether or not it makes sense to you. Because He will use whatever's going on to show Himself to you if you keep pursuing. If you keep chasing Him. And if you keep relating to Him. You keep chasing after the things that are important to Him. And He comes through every time. You can see God work through your prayer to bless other people. Will you learn to pray? And will you trust God as He answers your requests? I'd like to wrap up the message this morning uh, and ask you to think through some next steps. If you would, as, as the band gets ready to come up and lead us, if you'd pull the connection card out of your program, uh, that'd be great. And if you haven't had time to fill out uh, any information uh, that you'd like to and want to, then do that now. Or mark one of these next steps that I'm suggesting. We always try to have next steps because as we get into the Scripture and step out to obey it, that's where understanding opens up. And so here are some suggestions. For our next steps. My next step today will be, first of all, to memorize Matthew 7, 7, just to remind me to keep asking, keep seeking, keep finding, keep knocking, and, and trusting God as He responds to my prayers. So that's, that's one of them. And then a second step could be to make a list of concerns to take to God continually. God, these are the things on my heart. At first, you may need to write it out. 
and put your concerns down and then just go to God every day with those concerns. This is what's on my heart, God. This is what I need. Um, and then learn how to pray. You know, sandwich those requests in between praise, cooperation. I make the request and then I, I ask for prote- <clears throat> protection and then I set my heart to offer forgiveness to God. So anyway, make a list of concerns to take to God consistently and then pray for the opportunity to invite a friend to church in the next month. Um, we've got... Uh, it'd be great... We're salt and light, and God wants us to connect with people, help them get to know Him. This is a great way to do it. It's it's an easy step to invite them to come to hear the Scripture and to begin to pursue what it means to follow Christ. So you could pray for that. Would you pray with me now? Father, we thank You for the truth that we see in Your Word. And Jesus, we thank You for delivering this sermon that teaches us so much. And I pray that, God, You would... Help us to obey you and help us, God, to relate to you and out of, out of grace, not guilt. Help us to just come before you as the children we are and learn all about you as we pray and as we get into your word. God, we ask for the help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.